what he can't omega. Say, he doesn't alpha what he can't omega. That means he doesn't start what he can't finish. You'll never find that with the Lord. Revelations 22 and 13, the Lord says, Jesus himself, I am the alpha and the omega. I am the first and the last. I am the beginning. Someone say the beginning and the end. I'm going to be talking this morning about a story that's found in several different places. I'll tell you where that is. But one of those places is 2 Chronicles 7. I'm going to read it to you, 2 Chronicles 32 and 7, before I pray. Hezekiah commanded, be strong. Someone say, be strong. Be courageous. Do not be afraid or dismayed. Look at your neighbor and say, don't be dismayed. Before the king of Assyria or the multitude with him, said Hezekiah, for there are more with us than are with him. With him is the arm of flesh. With us is the Lord our God to help us fight the battles. He goes on to say there is no distance to the Lord's arm. Did you know when the Lord brought out one of my favorite things? When he brought out a million people out of Egypt, the Bible says he simply stretched his arm out. How would you like to bring a million people out of bondage with one stretched arm? Come on, somebody. That is the power of God. And the people were strengthened by the words of Hezekiah. He does not start what he can't finish because he is the Alpha and Omega. Father, we welcome the presence of your Holy Spirit. Speak, sir, to the ears of my brothers and sisters. Even what I do not say, whisper to them, come and do what you do best in my weakness. Be strong and let the glory of Christ be seen in this house. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. He doesn't Alpha what he can't Omega. Page, that means he always completes what he starts. He will never leave a situation almost done. If you feel like you're halfway healed, don't stop now. If you feel like you're halfway victorious, don't stop now. He will never begin a process in you, your family, this church, and then walk away. He is the one who begins great things, and he is the one who completes them. Give him a hand clap of praise. I believe all the days of our life he continues to heal us. Joshua 1.9 that we uh, camped out the last time I preached on Sunday morning. Have I not commanded you, says the Lord, be strong and courageous. Do not tremble or be dismayed. For the Lord your God, I want you to say the Lord my God, is with you wherever you go. That word dismayed comes from the Hebrew word chahath, which means to crack or break. You ever felt like you were going to crack or break, wave a hand, let the angels take a snapshot. That should be everybody. Zodites uses the phrase cracking under stress to define it. There are moments. That's what dismayed means. When the Lord says, don't be dismayed, he is saying, don't crack under stress. The transition into our kairos, our next phase, uh, we'll have opportunities for stress or challenges, but we have to stand with that the Lord God knows how to get us to the next place. Somebody give him a hand clap of praise this morning. A Queens, true story, a Queens, New York woman. If you've never, I've driven through Queens. Well, I haven't dr driven through Queens. I've been driven through Queens by the subway, and I've been driven through Queens by drivers, different people I company to New York City. Queens can be a scary place. A Queens, New York woman leaned out of her eighth floor tenement window and screamed for help. She was trapped in her bathroom. The inside knob had fallen off when her youngest child, age two, had closed the door from the other side. 
Two of her other children, aged four and five, were in the kitchen alone as supper cooked, boiling over on the stove. She tried desperately to get the door to open. She shouted. She did everything she could, but to no avail, and no one was coming. Meanwhile, a young man who lived 20 miles away happened to be visiting the neighborhood that day. Someone say that day. From the street below, he heard the woman's screams. He waved his hand to catch her attention and screamed out, I'm coming up to help you. A short time, she heard a voice from the other side of the bathroom door. Listen closely, the young man said. Put your fingers in the hole where the knob should be. Pull it up, lift the door slightly, and then quickly pull it open. The woman followed the stranger's instructions, and within minutes, the door was open. She ran to check on her children. Okay, turned everything off on the stove. And then she said, how could you possibly have known how to get out of, into my apartment and then get me out of the bathroom door? He said, I know very well, he said, a smile across his face. I was born here. I lived in this apartment for 15 years. I know how to get the front door open without a key. And the bathroom knob, I, it would always fall off. And we learned to open the door just the way I showed you. As you and I move forward into our God-given destiny, it is reassuring that God has already been there. It is reassuring that he has seen every chronos, kairos, and fullness season before it even happens. God fully understands how to open the doors, come on somebody, of breakthrough, victory, and fruitfulness. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Because he's been there before, the eternal God outside of time sees the end from the beginning, Isaiah 46 and 10. He isn't trying to figure out the door because he made the door. Look at your neighbor and say, he made the door. He's not trying to figure out how to do that. He knows you need a victory. Come on, somebody. You've had sorrow. You've had heartbreak. You've had trials. But God knows how to get the bathroom door open, if we can say it that way. Come on. The next door, he says in Revelation 2 and 8, I am he, I am the first, and I am the last. He said, I am the living one. I died, and behold, I am alive, and I hold the keys of hell and death. Someone give Jesus a hand clap of praise this morning. So we come to this man, King Hezekiah, who God started something, but God's going to show him how he finished. And it's a supernatural intervention of God. I like it when people give me miracles, don't you? I like it when someone slips you a little bit of money or someone does something for you or someone mentions your name to the boss. That's wonderful, isn't it? But there are some supernatural interventions that have no explanation. There are some times when God does something that no human can take the credit for. And in the book of Isaiah, this story is in three places. Isaiah 36, 2 Kings 18, and 2 Chronicles 32. King Ezekiah finds himself the king of Judah with formidable odds. And coming against him is the Assyrian army. They've encamped. Think of like a scene off of Lord of the Rings. Think about like a scene off of Star Wars or some medieval. They're just thousands of Assyrian warriors and they're stomping and they're taking their weapons. The Assyrians were horrible. They impaled and tortured their victims. I did a term paper at Lee University on the Assyrians. I don't ever want to do that again. It was horrible. Look at your neighbor and say, horrible. They were the kind of enemy. They didn't want to kill you. They wanted to torture you while they killed you. They wanted to cut your head off. I didn't want to give you the visuals. I made an A on the term paper, but I don't ever want to do it again. Look at your neighbor and say, she don't ever want to do that again. It was horrible. But King Hezekiah is faced with all of this. And how will he handle it? Will he look to the Alpha and the Omega? 
in this moment of this crisis of his faith? Will he believe? Many believe, and I believe, that Hezekiah was not the one that was heir to the throne. His dad, Ahaz, was an evil king. He threw his children in the fire to serve the false god of Molech. I mean, took his children screaming and crying and threw them as they were torn from him and they were burned alive. He worshiped false gods. I believe and many believe that the words that are penned in Isaiah, the 43rd chapter, thus saith the Lord, fear not for I have redeemed you. Can you say amen? When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they will not overflow you. Anybody ever walk through some rivers? Just wave a hand. And when you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, says the Lord. For I gave my life for you. Many believe that Isaiah the prophet was probably at the place where Hezekiah was the second child that was to be thrown in the fire. But somewhere along the intervention, many believe the word is for us, Isaiah 43, but that Isaiah passed little Hezekiah as they were taken. Because Isaiah was a prophet of God fighting the faults in the world. He was full of courage. Look at your neighbor and say, be courageous. And as he passed little Hezekiah, many believe it was then that the Spirit inspired him. For when you walk through the waters, when you, are, you will not drown. When you go through the fire, you will not be burned. Call on Yahweh, Hezekiah. And many believe somewhere between the procession and the fire, that somewhere Hezekiah was old enough as a child to say, Yahweh, have mercy on me. And because of that, Hezekiah was able to go back and grow up, and he escaped the fire. This morning, I want to ask, is there anybody in this room that you have walked away from the fire? Come Come on is there anybody in this room that you passed through the waters and you were not drowned is there anybody in this room that you survived what you should not have survived is there anybody in this room that went through a trial that people said well I don't care what the end of that is but he or she'll never make it but the heavens voted yes and the spirit of the Lord strengthened you and you rose to live another day someone give the Lord a shout of praise in this house I'm going to tell you something. When you walk away from the fire, always remember the fire. When people ask you, Jessica, where you got your strength, don't dare even give credit to a school you went to. Don't give credit to anything that's in you. Give credit to the one who sustained you in the trial. When you do your resume and they say, where did your boldness come? Sometimes when I'm out preaching, people say, where did you go to college? I say, oh, I didn't get this at college. I went to Lee, but trust me, I didn't get it at Lee. Well, did you get it at seminary? No, I didn't get it there either. Where did you get it? I got this courage in the midst of a fiery trial. Deborah said, you taught me to be bold when I marched up against Barak. You taught me how to be bold when I led God's army to the mountain for victory. I'm going to tell you, we hate the trial in the moment, but when we get on the other side, we are reminded we survived the fire and our faith is stronger for it. Come on. As a church, we have survived a fire recently, a loss. But we have to remember, you might be someone's son or someone's daughter, but you belong to the Lord. You might be someone's mother or someone's dad, but your first thing is you belong to the Lord.
You might be someone's brother or sister, someone's employee, someone's spouse, someone's fiance, Bailey. But the bottom truth and above all and before all is you belong to the Lord. You were supernaturally saved to live in this moment. We can't understand everything else, but you and I are here for such a time as this. Someone praise him right here and right now. You see, if you pulled yourself, Madison, through, there's no intrigue in that kind of story. If you can pull yourself up by your own bootstraps, that doesn't help any of us. Show us, rather, how God did the impossible in your life. Show us the story of how you overcame. That's the story that the Alpha and the Omega, the author and the finisher of our faith, is painting. And he is writing that story. If he can paint a sunset and put the stars in space, if he can raise up mountains and calm the storm-tossed waves, if he can conquer death forever, to open heaven's gates for us then I know for you and I he will find a way he is the alpha he is the omega he is the beginning and he is the end hallelujah to his name this morning hallelujah 2 Kings 18 and the other places I mentioned finds this Assyrian army up against Hezekiah and there they are. They are hurling their threats. I'm going to tell you something about the enemy. What he does in, his, does in this story is pretty um, symbolic of what he does against you and I. Intimidation. Everyone say intimidation. That doesn't work. He goes to threats. Say threats. The third is compromise. Say compromise. Every level of that, he will try to talk you out of your destiny. And that's what he's doing in this story. In fact, Rabshakeh. Everyone say, I'll never forget. Rabshakeh. Rabshakeh is the head of the army, and he is hurling threats, Tommy, at um, King Hezekiah. The interesting thing about this, they're behind the wall. King Hezekiah is back. He's got some godly men and women between him and the Assyrians, and they're just hurling their threats and what they're going to do. You know, I'm going to feed your carcass. I'm going to, it's terrible. I didn't want to say what all they threatened. You have to read the whole story. And all of the sudden, Elkanah, who's in charge, says, wait a minute, wait a minute to Rabshakeh. Because we always think we can, you know, uh, deal with the devil. You know, like, I know what, I didn't watch these movies, but I have read about them. <laughs> I know what you did last summer and Jason and Halloween and Jason with 17 of his cousins and um, all of those Halloween movies. It's like that scene on Geico when that, he's coming after them and they all say, go get in the car. No, go toward the saws. You know, where they're all dang like, if y'all hadn't seen that, it's stupid. Here's the deal. They're always trying to talk the villain out of killing them. Please don't kill me. Like, that's going to work. You begging the enemy not to come after you is never going to work. And you trying to go in the same direction he's going so he won't fight you will never work. Never. And all of a sudden Elkanah tries and he says, please speak in Aramaic. Follow me. He says, don't speak in Hebrew. Because here's the strong men and women of God. But on the lower part of the wall, the children and the new converts and the ones that just got saved are, are hanging over the side of the wall listening to these horrible threats. I'm going to tell you something. The leadership of this house and every church in this world will always protect the new converts and prodigals. We will not allow insults and hurls to be hurled at them. We will always protect the baby Christians. We will always stand in between anything that's come to defeat them. Give Jesus a hand clap of praise. But oh, Rabshakeh, he won't even listen. He, won't, he comes predicting this, and this is what he says. He says, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm here to intimidate. 
And that's what the enemy does. What is the enemy trying to intimidate you with right now? What is he trying to intimidate you out of? That's what you got to think of. Why is he trying to intimidate you? He's trying to intimidate you. He's not fighting you over what you were. He's fighting you on what you're going to become. He doesn't care what you were. It's what you're going to become. And so he will try to intimidate you. And in this scene that's going on, he is throwing his intimidation. And what Rabshakeh and the Assyrian army is saying as they're stomping. I mean, I wish I had Lord of the Rings going right now. As they're stomping, there's thousands and thousands of them. And they're hurling. And here's, here's Elkanah and King Ezekiah behind him. And Isaiah's in the sanctuary. And all this is going on. And he begins to tell them what he's done. He goes, why are you trusting in mere words? Why are you trusting? Your God sent us here. Haven't you heard what we did to the other cities? Isn't it interesting how the enemy will never wake you up in the middle of the night to tell you success stories? Come on. Everybody say the word. Thank you, because I couldn't get there. He'll never wake you up in the middle of the night to tell you things that have gone right in people that had the same thing you had. Oh, no. He'll always tell you the ones that didn't make it. If you're trying to get through addiction, if you're trying to get through bondage, if you're trying to get through a financial poverty, whatever it is, or, or, or just get your strength, get over depression, get over oppression, he will never wake you up in the middle of the night and say, go on 700 Club and Google this fantastic story. It's just going to set you off, you know. No, he will wake you up in the middle of the night and tell you everyone that he's taken out. Well, I know, let's say about my situation. Well, I know so-and-so's husband, well, they started drinking. I know someone that happened to. Well, I've never drank. I'm not going to start now. Everyone say, how live? They became an alcoholic when their husband died. You see, there, I know people have been through situations I've been through in my life that were divorced. And the Lord, you know, people used to tell me when I'm divorced, the Lord can never use you. These were godly people. You've got a big scarlet letter on you. You've got a calling and anointing, but you're divorced, so the Lord can never use you. And I would hear that, but somewhere in the night, the Lord would begin to say to me, they don't know your God. I am the Alpha and I am the Omega. I start something and I finish it. You see, the enemy will never wake you up telling you those things. I like what the message says in Isaiah 43. When you're in over your head, I'll be there with you. When you're in rough waters, you're not going to go down. No, no, no. I'm your alpha. I'm your omega. When you're between a rock and a hard place, it won't be a dead end. I'm going to tell you, my alpha and my omega does not have dead ends. Someone give him praise. He does not have dead ends. Come on, give him a big shout in this house. Rabshakeh goes on to say, what confidence is this in which you trust? Because the, the Hebrews are just standing on the word of God, shaking in their boots. You know how that is? You're quoting the word, but inside you're scared. If you think us that are quoting the word in dangerous times are like lions set up against the... No, inside we're usually shaken too. Look at your neighbor and say, you know it's true. You know it's true. And I'll tell you that Jesus says, I am the Alpha and the Omega. Another time in Revelation 22 and 13. In Isaiah 44 and 6, he says, I am the first and I am the last. And there is no one besides me. Hear what I want to tell you. Uh, Brother Perry was texting me about something he's helping the church with. And he said, what are you preaching on Sunday? And I told him, so you know he just went off. I mean, he sent me like 15 text messages of all these things I could throw in. I said, those are awesome. That doesn't really fit me. But we were just talking about this story of how that this this enemy 
came against the wrong man in the wrong city at the wrong time. And what happened is they did do that in all those other cities. And you'll hear what God said. They did take all those people down. But those people served gods made by hand. Hezekiah served the creator of the ends of the earth, the one who does not faint. To whom will you liken me, says the prophet Isaiah in chapter 40. Whom shall you say is my equal? Lift your eyes up to the sky. Who else calls the starry host by name? Who else created them? Who else shows his power? How can you say that your just claim is passed over by God? Have you not known? Have you not heard that the creator of the ends of the earth, the everlasting God, he does not faint. He does not grow weary. He does not have to have his searching be done to understand him. He gives power to the weak and to them that have no might. Someone say no might. He increases their strength. Give him a hand clap of praise this morning. Here's the deal. In just a moment, God's going to get royally ticked off. This is not one of my longer sermons, so you're blessed. He's going to get, it was one of my favorite passages. When I discovered this about 20 years ago, it blew me away. But he is saying what he did to people who did not serve the living God. And that's true. I can't explain this or that, but what I know is those that trust in the Lord will never be disappointed. And then he starts speaking to them of compromise. Um, Josh, if you'll come help me. Not quite done, but just set the mood for me, please, sir. And uh, compromise. So he starts with intimidation. Everyone say intimidation. And then there's threats. Say threats. Intimidation, again, is to stop you from getting to where you're going. I remember someone I was dealing with years ago, and they said, I don't understand why the devil's after me all the time, and I'm going through all these attacks. I mean, I'm no Bishop Jakes. I'm no Joyce Meyer. I said, you don't have to be Bishop Jakes or Joyce Meyer to get attacked. All you got to be doing is the enemy knows that God is preparing something wonderful. Look at your neighbor and say, he is the Alpha and he is the Omega. So the enemy does this intimidation. And then he begins to throw the threats of this is what I'm going to do to you. Like I said, the enemy doesn't wake you up in the middle of the night to remind you of people's successes. He'll remind you, the people that my, we sold my dad's house to, I want to, don't want to go into great detail. I don't think they would ever find this podcast, but I want to be. But I actually ended up ministering to her because she saw a crack in the foundation. Well, my dad's house passed tons of tests, and it was an incredible home, incredible. But she said to me, I have OCD, and I'm not going to say all this. She said to me, I just happened to meet them by happenstance while I was working at my dad's house. And she said, I can't sleep at night. She said, I, I, I saw a crack on the bed. And I, I, I'd been told that, that she had some burdens. And her husband was just smiling at me. And I said, you know what? I called her by name. I said, I want to tell you something about this house. The enemy's trying to threaten you. I don't even know your faith. I don't know you. But I know who I am and I know who my God is. And I'm going to tell you something. The people that have lived in this house for 30 years have prayed every day in this house. The people that have lived in this house went to bed every night quoting, the Lord is my shepherd. The people who lived in this house sang songs of worship every day. They had people over from their community of faith. They had all their children over. They were, my, my father took care of my mother for 10 years as he sang over her and bathed her and walked her through Alzheimer's. I said, I'm going to tell you something. The enemy is trying to intimidate you. I believe this house is for you. They weren't the best bid. That wasn't what it was about. I said, but I believe the Lord wants you to have this house because the Lord wants you to find healing. We had this great thought that some great prophet was going to live in that house, Pastor Connie. But the Holy Spirit said, oh, no, no, no. It's someone who needs my grace. 
someone who needs my strength, someone who can reach into this atmosphere and find healing. And I said, you're trying to be, the enemy's trying to intimidate you, whether you believe in him or not. And she goes, well, I believe in your prayers. I mean, I ended up having more conversations with this individual than I wanted, but that's all good. That's kind of my life. But um, I said, you know, the enemy is trying to intimidate you from this beautiful house that you and your husband will love by telling you one crack in the back of the foundation. I'm going to tell you, the enemy will wake you up thinking your floor is going to fall in. Enemy will wake you up thinking, what's that, what's that pain in the back of your head? I bet you have. And you'll Google it and think you have some horrible disease. Come on. Do not Google it. Look at your neighbor and say, do not Google it. He'll tell you that that restoration's never going to come. You'll never get off drugs. you never pay your bills. You'll never get through that. You'll never be one of those people in society. He'll wake you up to intimidate you. Then if the intimidation doesn't work, the threats come. And then the threats are, if you step out and do the will of God, I'm going to uncover you. If you step out and do it, I'm going to remind everybody of the worst time of your life. I'm going to tell you a little secret to that. Just say, well, go ahead. I'll tell it for you. We'll solve that right now. I'll just go give my testimony as many places as I can. How's that sound to you? I'm going to tell you, it is through your weaknesses. People are not encouraged. I've been called in the past the most honest person on TV when I used to be on TV a lot. I really have no desire to be on TV at this point in my life. But here's what I want to say. I know people don't learn from my strength. They learn from my weakness. And they learn from your weakness. So those threats of, if you do this, I'm going to do this. And I'm going to, that anger that you're dealing with, oh, I'm going to make it go crazy in front of like 100 people. If you get out there and you do what God has called you to do, you're not going to go forward. And then if the threats don't work, compromise. Everyone say compromise. This is what Rabshakeh said to Israel. Come on, leave King Hezekiah. Come with me. This is what he said. This is his exact words. Watch this. And I will give you a land like your own. And a place like your own. Not yours, but like your own. Come and make peace with me. Isn't that just like the enemy? Come on, make peace with your addiction. And just carry it the rest of your life. I'll give you a land like your own. You see, it wasn't what God had said Israel was their land. As God has said over every person in this room, the great promises and the things he wants you to do in the kingdom and the land he wants to give you. But then the enemy says, no, no, no. Make peace with your sexual addiction. Make peace with your greed. Make peace with your anger. Just come on, just grab it and drag it with you everywhere you go saying, this is the way it's always going to be. No change. Make peace with your rejection. Jesus did not come to make peace with fear, insecurity, worry, addiction, lies, and slander, and greed. Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. Come on, somebody. Give him a praise. And often, it will be to try to get you in. The best story of compromise I've ever heard, I almost called Pastor Billy this morning. I haven't talked to him literally since the home going, but I've texted him once. He's like a pastor to Pastor Hank and I. But the most powerful story was in a service with Pastor Billy. And they brought a little boy to him. You've heard, some of you have heard me say this before. The boy was deaf and mute. And Pastor Billy has a healing gift. And he went to put his fingers in the little boy's ear and he heard a voice. This really helped me years ago when Pastor Billy told me this. And people that were in the service have given witness to it. And all of a sudden a voice said to Pastor Billy, If you back off of me, I'll back off of you. Just back off. Just back off. Just stop being so persistent about the kingdom. Just stop 
Pursuing the future is what he might would be saying to you and I. Just stop doing the will of God. Just back off and I'll back off of you. Meaning, and the devil is a liar. Someone say the devil is a liar. He is never going to back off of you. Come on. Don't buy into that sloppy lie from the serpent of the world. Pastor Billy said just for a moment, because at that time he was going under intense. He has a pretty militant ministry. At that point, he said in his mind, just for like a millisecond. And then Holy Spirit said, no, Billy, no. He put his fingers in the boy's ear, and it's recorded on the service. Pastor Billy screamed, no deal, devil, no deal. And the little boy was instantly healed from deafness and muteness. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. That's the compromise. Make peace with this thing. Make peace with this loss. Make peace. Come on, you know you were born different. Come on. Make peace with it. You're just a warrior. You come from 17 generations of warriors. I had someone to tell me one time in my office, Pastor Jim and Barbara, a man. He said, I'm so addicted to gossip. It's like an IV in my arm. He left this church because he said he wanted to go somewhere where no one had any problems. I said, good luck with that. He said, this church has too many sick people in it. I know Pastor Hank said it's a hospital, but I want to go where the wealthy and rich are. Today, his life is in shambles. And I take no glory in that. I pray for him. But he said, I'm so addicted to gossip. It's like cocaine. He never used it. He said, I know that's what the addicts feel. Because gossip is my thing. And he had made peace with it. I remember in that office saying, your life is going to end horribly. And it didn't end over gossip. It went away because of something else. But I said, your life, you're making peace with that. You've got to give that up. You've got to nail that to Calvary. Paul said in Romans 8, what shall we say to all these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his only son, but delivered him up for all, how shall he not with him? Graciously, someone say graciously, give us all things. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? No, someone say no. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Give Jesus a praise. So Hezekiah rent his clothes because they left and they came back. And they wrote an open letter saying what all they're going to do. They were hurling it. Now they're putting it in writing. He absolutely put sackcloth on and he ripped his clothes in mourning. This is what he said. This is a day of rebuke, trouble, blasphemy, and insults. He said, he sent the word to Isaiah the prophet. He said, it's like a child. This is a word for someone this morning. Speak it, sir. Like a child when it's ready to be born. This is right in scripture. But the mother has no strength to deliver the baby. How terrible that would be. I think there's some in this room this morning, probably some things in my life as well, if we could be honest, that we think we don't have the strength to bring this forth. Whatever it might be. Maybe it's visions, ideas, new ministries, new places we're supposed to stand. And we think, I don't have the strength to bring this forth. I can't imagine a mother that's carried a baby for nine months, especially back in the old days when there was no cesareans and there's no all these other things they do now. And they can't get the baby out. I'm going to tell you something. Isaiah says in 12 2, Surely God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. The Lord, the Lord Himself is my strength and my defense. He has become my salvation. Isaiah 41, I have called you back from the ends of the earth, says the Lord. 
you are my servant for I have chosen you and I will not throw you away don't be afraid for I the Lord am with you don't be discouraged I am your God I will strengthen you I will help you I will hold you up with my victorious right hand give Jesus praise this morning hallelujah someone say hallelujah So Hezekiah does something that my, this is my daddy's altar, as you know, I've told you about it. It came from the old, old North Cleveland Church of God. My siblings allowed me to take it. I'm unworthy of this altar. I tried to talk my sister into taking it. She says, no, sis, it's yours. My daddy had a habit of putting envelopes, and I did this when his house wouldn't sell. I'm so dramatic. I know y'all don't know that. But um, I, wrote a, I wrote a letter, and on the envelope I put, on behalf of Reverend Cecil Giles, and I made declarations. The house sold in 24 hours after I wrote that. And it doesn't always happen that way. It had gone into contract and, it, and we'd lost that one. But my daddy would often put an envelope on here. And, you know, children are so nosy. How many nosy children do we have in the room? You know, you go by and you try, you know, not really looking, daddy. But, you know, what does that say over there? But we knew daddy had written a letter to the Lord and he had laid it out. That's what Hezekiah did. He wrote a letter to the Lord. And he went into the sanctuary. Psalm 73 says, everything I was going through, I didn't understand. My paraphrase. It was oppressive to me. It was sorrowful until I entered into the sanctuary of the Lord. Until Josh started playing the keyboards and Tanner was beating the drums. And uh, Chris was playing the guitar and the ladies were singing and I was worshiping. That's what happened to Hezekiah. He didn't understand it. He was overwhelmed until he went into the sanctuary of the Lord and he laid out that letter before the Lord. And he said, I know you know all of this, but here it is. Here's what they're saying they're going to do. I wonder this morning what you need to lay out on the altar before the Lord. I wonder what you need to write to the Lord today at your home. Put it in an envelope. Seal it somewhere and say, I know you know this, but I got to have a written record. So when you give me a written praise, I can rejoice in the victory. Come on, somebody. I can rejoice in the victory. He did not Google. We're almost done. He did not Google how to defeat the Assyrians. Siri, how to defeat the Assyrians. Too much. We talk to people that can do nothing about our problem. We just want to talk about it. We seek wisdom from people that have no wisdom. Now, there are people that have wisdom. I'm a big proponent about that. But he laid it out before the Lord. And this is what he said. I'm almost done. He said, you know, God, here's the letter. And Lord, you know, they've really done that to all those other cities. And here we are. I mean, there's so many of them. And they're stomping and thousands and thousands. We can't even count them. But Lord, they did it in other lands where gods were made by the work of men's hand. This is his prayers. Wood and stone. Therefore, they were allowed to destroy them. But we serve you, the living God. You alone. Lord, I need you to bring victory. And the Bible says that God spoke to Isaiah. And Isaiah spoke to Hezekiah and said, Because you have prayed to me against Sennacherib, who was the king, I have heard and I will destroy him. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. What are you talking to other people about? building little groups to talk about. And I'm not talking about support groups. I'm all about that. I'm all about recovery groups. You know that. But I'm going to tell you something. God got ticked off. You need to lay it before him. You need to tell God how, you're t how, how the enemy is ticking you off so God can tick ticked off. And God responds and says, you know what? I know where you live, Sennacherib. I know when you get up and when you go to bed. This is, this is what the Lord says. 
Whom have you reproached? Oh, you didn't reproach my people. You're blaspheming me. When you come against those that belong to me, when you raise your voice, it's not them you're coming again. That was the difference between David and the other warriors. David didn't see Goliath hurling insults at him. He saw Goliath hurling insults at the Lord God. And he knew the Lord God was worth fighting for. Come on, somebody. I'm going to tell you something. God doesn't need Jack Bauer. How many 24 fans do I still have? God doesn't need heat sources. He doesn't need a GPS. He doesn't need light. He doesn't need a DNA test to tell where you came from. He knows where you came from. He doesn't need a satellite. He is the satellite. You see, someday at the resurrection morning, all those scattered parts at Pearl Harbor, God's going to speak. The trumpet's going to sound. And those bones are going to come back together. Everybody cremated will come back together. Every grave hidden in the sea. Because God is Alpha and He is Omega. Somebody pray. Praise him. So he said, I'm gonna, I've got to finish. He said, I'm going to put a hook in your nose. <laughs> I just love the Lord. I mean, he didn't just say, I'm going to get you. He said, I'm going to put a hook in your nose, Sennacherib, and I'm going to pull the ring and make you go back from where you came. And I'm going to put you away from my man, King Hezekiah, because one thing Hezekiah always had going for him, he knew how to pray. Let me tell you something. God does something amazing. You don't talk about a Halloween story. You don't talk about a supernatural story. In Isaiah 63 and 9, it says, In all your distress, he too is distressed, and he sends the angel of his presence to save you. Someone say his angel. I love it when we're distressed, when we're sorrowful. People have asked me, do you sense angels in your house? I do. I do. I credit it that they're still on location. I probably still have Pastor Hank's angel and mine. I love that. I love that angels come when we go through sorrow. I love that one day we're going to see behind scenes of the hardest moments of our life. And only on that day, someone say that day, we're going to realize the strong, unfathomable ways that your Abba Father fought for you in the hardest moments of your life. So I want to tell you, any drama you see on the earth, pales in comparison to the heavenly armies that's encircling you as you go in and out as you do the will of the Lord there are more for us than those that are against us someone give God a hand clap of praise so God had this is what let me read you let me read you Perry's text it's so funny I had to print this yep God had an angel on standby to wipe out the whole bunch when the devil tells you what he's going to do God has already seen the plan, and all we got to do is speak it and write a letter to God and read it out loud. Come on, somebody. Write a letter to God and read it out loud. So that night, the Bible records in all three places. While Hezekiah and all of them are behind the wall, while the Assyrians are laying down so they can destroy them the next day, God doesn't send a thousand angels. God doesn't send a hundred angels. God doesn't send 50 angels. God doesn't send 10 angels. He sends one angel. And one angel merely walked through the camp of the Assyrians. That's what the Bible says. He walked through the camp. And as he walked, the Lord killed 185,000 Assyrians by the angel just walking through. Somebody stand up and give Jesus a praise. Come on, I'm done preaching. Stand up and give Jesus a praise. Stand up. He's the Alpha and He's the Omega and He's the one that brings the victory. When you're in over your head, 
I'm going to make a way for you. When you're in between a rock and a hard place, I'm going to make a way. Don't stop. Don't compromise. Don't let the threats and the intimidation of the enemy. You keep going forward. Heaven is fighting for you. If you would, just uh, grab someone's hand next to you if you feel comfortable and let me pray over you. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your word. Holy Spirit, I thank you for this supernatural war story. I thank you that you are the Alpha, which means you began our story. Even when we didn't know you, you began our story. And Lord, the enemy would like to intimidate us because he senses we're going somewhere as individuals, as a church, as a city, and as a country. He would like to intimidate us. And then when the intimidation doesn't work, he moves on into threats, literally waking up us in the middle of the night trying to terrify us or through the day with thoughts of fear and worry and anxiety. Then when that doesn't work, he tries to get us to compromise. Just back off. Come on, just be a normal citizen. Don't be so militant about the kingdom. Don't be so serious about living for Jesus. Just back off. Just make peace with your thing. Just make peace and carry it through. But Lord, we hear you say that Jesus Christ came to bring freedom. That he who believes in the Son is free and free indeed. So right now, Lord, I pray over every man and woman in this room. I pray over whatever you're bringing forth for them. Maybe they feel this morning there's not strength to bring that forth. But Lord, I pray by your power, not by might nor by power, but by your Spirit's power, that you would encourage them, strengthen them. Let no dismay lie in heart. Don't let us crack under stress. We are the children of the Most High God. Holy Spirit, breathe life and courage into us. Let us remember you are going to finish what you started. Right now, Father, I pray for those that we love, Lord, that we've seen progress. But, God, we're concerned how it's going to end. Lord, those that we've taken care of, maybe as families, as citizens, whatever, that the community where we work. And we're concerned, Lord, that the, the uh, omega is not going to happen in their life, Lord, that you started a work, but it looks like it's crashing and burning in their hearts. We pray today that you would send forth your angels and send forth your strength into family members, grandchildren, children, and those that we love. And Lord, I pray for ministries that are rising up at this next awakening, that you would fill them with courage. Let them not succumb to the intimidation, but let them remember they serve the living God, the one who created the world, and the one who holds all power in his hands. We commit it in Jesus' name, and the church said, Amen. Give him one more shout of praise in this house. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. As every eye is closed, just one more second. If you came in here this morning and you don't know Jesus, this is a wonderful time to come home to him. October 31st is a great day to come back to Jesus. I want everyone in the room to repeat this prayer that I did not plan on doing but trusting him. Everyone repeat this. All I want to say to you that if you're here and you don't, if you repeat this prayer and believe it, this is the best day of your life. Dear Jesus, I come to you today. I admit I'm not where I should be, but I want to come back. I want to be made whole. I want to be yours. Forgive me for any sins. I claim you, Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. And amen. Amen. Give him one more praise.
Thank you so much.